0: Uh mm-hmm. Hey, soul friends, welcome to your soul, a podcast and soul talk by Yaz. I'm so grateful that you're here today to listen to this powerful soul talk. She is a Latina fashion and content creator based in New Jersey. She is the founder of hashtag style, not size and hashtag because it's my body, which are both body positive campaigns to empower and inspire people of all shapes and sizes. The message that I hope you get from this is hope to know that recovery is possible. And no matter what your journey looks like, know that there are people out there that can resonate and understand where you are coming from. So sit back, relax, and hang out with Denise and I as we talk about our journey through agoraphobia and panic disorder. Thank you so much for being on the Soul Talks podcast. Mm-hmm. This is a big step to share your story and share your truth and help so many others that are living with agoraphobia and panic disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, before we started recording, I was actually telling Denise about how when you go to your social media and you see how many followers you have and the content that you have where you know, you're sharing your fashion, how you express yourself through your clothes and being so empowering and showing how you can really just be yourself and express yourself like you would never think that you struggle with agoraphobia and panic disorder and I want to highlight that because a lot of times on social media we think that what we see is that's it right we don't realize that people are so much more than what they put on social media you know I've had people tell me like how do you have agoraphobia and panic disorder when you're here having a whole podcast and like talking and (laughs) So like with your personality big and I'm like, well, that's not all of me. You know, it's a big part of me. But um, I want to talk a little bit about your story and, you know, your healing journey and what's gotten you to this point.
1: So I'm 31, but I started Mm -hmm. dealing with panic disorder and agoraphobia at the age of I've been in this cycle for a pretty long time. Um, I had my first panic attack in high school and that led me to. be homeschooled because mm-hmm. at the time there weren't that many resources for panic disorder and agoraphobia. And mm-hmm. when I had my first panic attack, I was like, I didn't even know it was a panic attack. You know, no one told me oh. you're having a panic attack. So, um, you know, I ended up falling into like this really dark, um, cycle. And, um, you know, I was basically kind of like dealing with it on my own. And although my mom and my dad and, my family, they were so supportive. They just didn't mm-hmm. really know how to help me. And I think that was like the hard part, um, because I didn't even know how to help myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think that, um, after going through like so many doctors and, um, and doing all kinds of tests, I mean, I, I think I did, I have did like, I've done like every single test that I could have done, um, for everything to come out fine.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: you know, just never kind of figuring out what was wrong. And so eventually I ended up at one doctor and, you know, he told me, he's like, look, I think you just have like a severe case of anxiety. And I'm just, Mm. I know it's anxiety because I mean, I've heard of anxiety, but what I'm feeling just seems definitely not like anything near anxiety. Cause I mean, it it got to the point where I couldn't leave my house. So I was like, okay, crap. So, um, they ended up prescribing me a medic you know, medication Lexapro which I took and, um, changed my life. Um, you know, I got back to my old self and, um, I went back to school and I got a job and I was traveling again and I was just like living my life. And I knew that I wanted, so I actually went to school for, um, for psychology. Interesting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But like my life has nothing to do with psychology. It's like, I literally, it's just fashion, but it was just the way everything happened. Like I, I graduated with a degree in psychology and I was working, but then around that time I was also like into fashion. And so I started, I started to upload, um, fashion content, which then kind of got me to where I am now. And it's definitely been a success. Um, as for that around the age of, hmm, I would say like the age of like 23, 24, Mm -hmm. um, I relapsed, um, Mm -hmm. because the medication had stopped working. Um, Mm -hmm. especially because I was on it for so many years. And, um, I think that my body was just like, okay, like Mm -hmm. it was used to it. And I fell back into the cycle around the time that I did fall back into the cycle. I was living with my partner Mm -hmm. and, um, he's been very supportive and, um, you know, very helpful, but time went by and I started to realize that like my condition just kept getting worse and worse Mm -hmm. and worse until I was just like, okay, now I'm like battling between, you know, my disorder, but then also like my career, you know, I have to like, work even harder to Mm -hmm. be able to produce the best content that I can. And, you know, a lot of the times I have to travel to, um, to New York, um, for Mm -hmm. photo shoots or for meetings or for events. And it was getting really hard um, yeah. for me to start even going to those events. So it definitely became challenging. Um, and now um, at the age of 31, um, I'm still agoraphobic and mm-hmm. I still deal with panic disorder. Um, but now the way I look at it is completely different.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, back then growing up, I didn't know that, you know, panic attacks were not dangerous you know no one ever told me that no one ever told me just so you know like that panic attack that you're having I know it's like uncomfortable but it's not going to kill you no one ever told me that you see my whole life I was living thinking that I had to stop the panic attack
0: yes resistance and, yeah <laughs>
1: yeah I that's what I thought but no one like and that's the thing I feel like the, you know like the healthcare. like they don't they don't talk to you about that stuff And where Mm -hmm. I really started to get help was on social media, which I think it's like kind of sad because it's like, why weren't, you know, um, doctors able to help me before? Yeah. And it's so so true. Yeah. I've been coming across like people like you and other people, um, mentorships. And like, I don't know if you follow um, uh, the Anxious Truth podcast. Uh And, you know, all of these people. And I was just like, wait, what? That was was the way to to recover all along. And I didn't know that. So I'm just kind of like, it took so many years for me to Mm -hmm. learn that. And now I'm in the process of recovering the correct way. Mm. Um, And that's where I'm at now.
0: (laughs) When doctors tell you like, oh, it's just anxiety. We can't help you. It leaves you as the patient and as the person suffering, feeling like, well, there must be something really wrong with me because I feel these symptoms, one. I can't live my life, two. I'm having these panic attacks that keep on happening and you're here telling me that nothing is wrong with me. And that creates a lot of like also anger with like medical doctors and stuff because it's a real thing that can debilitate you to the point to where you don't live your life. And that's what agoraphobia is. It's like when panic disorder, and I didn't know this either. So I was diagnosed with panic disorder in high school. Right. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that at one point it could develop into agoraphobia. I didn't know agoraphobia had existed. Thanks. I really. Yeah, I didn't. I was, And this is the thing in high school. And I know for you, you also said there was a time where you were like traveling and you were feeling better and you were out there. That's what I was doing. I was doing whatever I wanted. Like everything was great. Everything was perfect. But then there came a point to where it started to get so bad. And the same answer was the same answer you got was like, no, it's just your anxiety. And it's like, but how like there are people like you and I at some point where you get housebound, it's hard for you to even leave your house and no one fully understands how debilitating and how dehumanizing that can feel at times. You know, you, you do feel less than even though you know, like in your heart that that doesn't change who you are. You know, so I want to bring that point up because you were talking about it earlier that just because I have agoraphobia and panic disorder doesn't mean that I have social anxiety, doesn't mean that I don't like talking to people, you know? So, (laughs) what would you say? Like, who are you if you were to remove the agoraphobia and panic disorder? Because that's just a part of something that we struggle with, but that's not all of us, right? So, you know, I like to ask myself the question of, like, okay, if I didn't have this, what would I be doing because that's our true essence you know so what do
1: you feel like that is for you uh for me I think that um I I don't have social anxiety I do love people and Mm -hmm. I love helping people and I love being around people Mm -hmm. um but then you know I also have my times where I like do like my alone time where I like you know kind of just like binge on Netflix and just like kind of remove (laughs) myself from the world yeah um and I think that a lot of people, um, especially like in the, um, like in my family, you know, they would think like, oh, I guess, you know, Denise doesn't like being around people, but they didn't mm-hmm. understand that it was the whole agoraphobia thing that was kind of getting in the way. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always been like a nervous person. Um, like I, I always dealt with anxiety and generalized anxiety, but it mm-hmm. it wasn't until I was like 17 that it became, you know, like a panic attack, then panic mm-hmm. disorder, and then agoraphobia. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I would definitely describe myself as very outgoing and I love people. I love going to places. If I didn't have agoraphobia, I would be like traveling. You know, I'm doing, mm-hmm. and um I the so the last time I was on a plane was in 2018. And that mm-hmm. was before my panic disorder started to get worse cuz that's what happens, right? Like sometimes your circle could be like this, but then like something happens mm-hmm. and then it just starts to like sink, right? Like it's like just close up together. Mm-hmm. And so around the time where you know, where my life was like this, I was still like traveling. I had, you know, I had went to California for like a job and it was super fun. I loved it over there. And then, you know, I went to Miami for another job and then I went to Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. Um so I have a lot of family uh member that live there. So I but Dominican Republic was like my favorite place. I would go mm-hmm. every single year. And then twenty eighteen was the last time I had flown mm-hmm. and that was because i literally had a horrible panic attack um when i was um boarding on the plane mm. and it, it was just it was awful and um ever since then i haven't traveled uh, mm. if i didn't have like you know because i i think about that question all the time like what would my life be like if mm-hmm. you know i didn't have panic disorder or agoraphobia um and i said to myself what well, Definitely be traveling and I would definitely be, you know, just doing a lot more things on my own. I guess, you know, mm-hmm. it's something mm-hmm. you don't often think about uh, because when you're like in the moment and you're dealing with this disorder, it, you're kind of like figuring out how to get out of it, but you're not really thinking about like, well, what would your life be if like you didn't have it, you know?
0: For me, when I was at the darkest point of it, it was hard to survive the next day, it was hard to walk to the corner of my own street. Mm-hmm. and. I remember being at that point and thinking to myself I will never be here again like I can't ever do this ever again because I know that if this wasn't my reality like I would be out there helping people uh you know exploring experiencing new things so the fact that you have that same like want and that desire there and I have it too it just goes to show that like Just because we struggle with this doesn't mean that all those dreams and all those visions and everything we want for the future goes away. They're still there and they're going to happen. They're (laughs) going to happen. But we just have a different process and a different journey to get through this panic disorder and agoraphobia. But we're going to get there. And I always say, like, think about the person that's going to get through to the other side. Think Mm -hmm. about how strong and how powerful and how capable we're going to be when we fully, fully, fully get into this place of, living our lives completely again because we're gonna get there. Yeah. But you know, it definitely is like a step by step process. I love that you said, you know, you, you listen to the anxious truth and people like that. Uh, someone that also helped me a lot was from Panic to Paris. I did a podcast with him and he also shares his recovery journey and you know the Dare book. Like there's all these resources and stuff like that. What resources aside from that have you found helped you the most?
1: Um so I've been I've also worked with Panic to Paris. I think mm-hmm. um Glenn, he's my friend Yeah Glenn absolutely great mm-hmm. um then there is um anxiety fitness who's peter yes peter, peter. absolutely amazing and mm-hmm. i've been seeing his recovery journey and i'm just so happy for him i'm so and happy
0: for him too he- i saw the plane video i was watching that <laughs> that made me so nervous it did. seeing it and i was like i know i'm gonna do that one day but like just watching like, it you know
1: for mm-hmm. the anxiety when you book a flight yeah i, I think honestly that's probably the moment that I'm dreading the most is when mm. I book my first flight to go mm-hmm. on a plane. It's not even the plane itself, but it's the anticipatory anxiety that I know I'm anticipation
0: feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: but I love the
0: yeah, all these people in this circle, you know it's just. It's just beautiful because we never know if what we have to say in our story is going to change someone's life. And I know for certain, like watching Peter's videos, Glenn helped me change my life. Like when Glenn on the podcast told me his story about how he ran that marathon or that half marathon Mm -hmm. and finally told himself that he was recovered and then booked that flight and left. And when I heard his story, the next day I started going on runs. Every single day for the next couple of months. And that is actually one of the first things that got me to like the next stage of recovery. So that's why I'm so passionate about creating this platform, because I've even had my life changed by the people that I've spoken to. So I want to, you know, continue to get our voices out there because, yeah, it's just so it's so important. Um, But just to like kind of ask, like, where are you right now in your recovery journey? Like,
1: where are you at? Um so as of right now um I'm not where I I want to be. I mean, granted mm-hmm. I feel like uh we have a lot of up and like ups and downs and sometimes you know you have a lot of setbacks, but as of right now I'm you know I'm doing things and you know I'm I'm going on, you know, exposures whenever I can. Mm-hmm. Um I do have a safe person who is I my I do partner. too. And I don't do anything unless it's with Mm -hmm. him. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely going to be very challenging because not only am I, um, trying to, um, go on exposure, but like, you know, and, and trying to recover from, from panic disorder and agoraphobia, but I also have to learn how to let go of my, of my safe person. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Mm -hmm.
1: and so I am going to be working with, um, with this new, um, therapist her name is Paige okay mm-hmm. and um we are going to start doing introspective exposure therapy mm-hmm. which I have never done before and okay. um and then I started taking a new medication which is how I was um which is how I ended on your page mm-hmm. because I um I, I it was Zoloft and I okay I, mm-hmm. I looked on TikTok to see like if I can find uh. any other people. and came across your video and um, I remember in the video you were taking your first pill and you're like this is it you know this oh yeah the one in the car yes Mm -hmm. yes and um, that's how I came across your page and I'm like okay Mm -hmm. I I just knew I had to follow you you were super inspiring and because I was super scared to start the (laughs) Zoloft And when you took it, I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to take it. I'm
0: just going to take it. Yeah. I was terrified too. Trust (laughs) me. I was so scared. And that's why I was making those videos because, you know, at that time, like I was at my rock bottom and I needed to try something different, you know? And I finally was like, you know, I've always been against medication, but it's time. I need to try something. And I will tell you, um, how long have you been on it now? I've been on it for three weeks. Okay, three weeks. Okay, that's, that's great. I would say that after the third or fourth week, I started to feel a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. Like, yeah, it genuinely did help me. I think that it's something that I did need on this journey to like, help me get to a better place. And actually, recently, um, this last week actually um I got a dosage increase so now I'm like dealing with that like getting used to a new dosage because that takes another week two weeks three weeks to get yeah. used to but um yeah. oh I'm so God. happy for you that like you decided to try it and hopefully it does help you and continue to help you um get to that next stage of your recovery journey too oh God, um sure. yeah I,
1: so when I first took Zoloft like the first week was mm-hmm. I was like, I felt more anxious than I felt yes. before I started even taking the medication. And I was like, mm-hmm. talking to my doctor, I'm like, wait, I don't know if this is going to work. I'm like, yeah. because I feel even more anxious. And she ended up telling me, well, that's actually a good sign. And I'm like, really? You're <laughs> like, like yeah. what? <laughs> like, that means that, like, you know, I mean, at first you're going to feel like heightened anxiety, but mm-hmm. it will get better. So the fact that you're feeling anxious means that it's, you know, it's getting it introduced into your body. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting.
0: Oh. That's a <laughs> reminder that I needed actually this week because I was asking myself, I was like, man, like I thought this dosage increase was going to help. <laughs> I was struggling so much yesterday when I was out. Like
1: I was just like, God damn, like here we it, go again. It, it's hard. But, like. It's making my anxiety worse. So mm-hmm. I'm like, how is the hell is this going to help my exposure? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I've been on the medication. It's been, um, I'm on week three. I've been starting very slow, but I'm also on Lexapro. Yeah. Um, so my psychiatrist has me on both Lexapro and Zoloft. And mm-hmm. um, she's cross tapering me because okay. I had been on Lexapro for so long. That,
0: oh, um, okay.
1: Doing is that she's starting me mm-hmm. on a very low dose of Zoloft. And then mm-hmm. as I go up on Zoloft, I'm going to start going down on Lexapro, And oh. then, you know, we do the switch. Um, to, on week one on the medication, my anxiety was at like a 10. Um, and then like on week three, now it's like starting to go down at like a five and four. And I'm like, okay, okay. I think, I think this is good here. Um, I've never been against medication. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think that, because, um, you know, don't get me wrong. And this is why I think a lot of people are like, kind of against medication is that you can recover without medication. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've seen it. You know, I mean look Mm -hmm. at you know Peter. You know, he's Oh yeah, Peter's on a plane. He's on a plane and he's not taking any medication. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, he's told me about it, but other people, I just think that like one thing that my psychiatrist told me is, you know, taking these medications will help you just be more receptive to exposure Mm -hmm. therapy and it's just a, a great way it's like a great tool to kind of just help you when you're out on your exposure because a lot of the time especially like if like you know our anxiety is so high like so so high it's and just you like feel you're... so
0: drained after yeah, was... like you get a hangover and that's what I, I always say i'm like you get an anxiety hangover you feel like shit i mean <laughs> i have to bleach that out but you do you feel like shit and that's like you get home and then it, it all hits you kind of like the fatigue you have to lay down like you genuinely feel hungover, and that's something that it's like ah like so I just want to live my life like it's exhausting sometimes you know and yeah medication can help with that and that's why we need to share our story because I had so many scary stories about it that stopped me and that stop me from trying it for myself mm-hmm. and i know so many people are just terrified to take like that first one yeah. and just start it and it's like i had to get to the desperate like desperation level of i am at rock bottom to
1: finally yeah. start
0: yeah, you know no, i yeah. i know
1: that i know there are people who are genuinely like very like skeptical about yeah, very scared mm-hmm. they're like no like you know i don't need that that mm-hmm. stuff or you know i don't need it in my body but yeah. i just think that like you know you should definitely like just give it a try because yeah know. Mm-hmm. i mean again so lexapro helped me it mm-hmm. helped me tremendously i mean because of lexapro because at first i was housebound i couldn't leave the house i was just mm-hmm. like it, it was terrible and um and this was during my junior year of high school so um i was home i was on home mm-hmm. instruct like i had teachers come to my house that's pretty sad at the age of 17 and so um when I started Lexapro I mean it genuinely helped me like mm-hmm. I was out traveling again I was like living a normal life now what didn't help was the fact that I still didn't know much about panic disorder mm-hmm. and agoraphobia like mm-hmm. you know knowing everything that I know about panic disorder and agoraphobia I don't think I would have had that relapse because the thing about it is that I was still under the the impression that you were not supposed to experience panic attacks. Like that panic attacks were just like, Oh, if you have a panic attack, there's something wrong with you. I didn't Mm -hmm. know that. But now I think that again, medication is more like a tool to help Mm -hmm. you in your recovery journey. The mistake that I made was that I completely depended on it. Mm. And so, um, years later, I think that, you know, after the medication stopped working, I think that like, now I'm learning it's, it's not just a medication you actually have to understand you know panic disorder and and learning to live with it because panic attacks are not dangerous and although they do feel dangerous and they feel horrible like (laughs) sometimes i'm like what was god thinking
0: Yeah, like come on, like we got a lot of stuff to do. We got a lot of people to see. We have all these dreams, all these things. Like, come on, you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah, so
1: horrible. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it really is, and it's it's so funny because what is key, like you said, is like once you start to learn what it actually is and how to work with it, like the whole story changes. Because for the longest time, I used to resist it. I used to stop it. I would fight it. Mm -hmm. I would like brace for impact. I would make it worse. Like I would do exactly the opposite and you had to like literally change that and be like, "Okay, no, anxiety can come with me. I'm going to give it a hug. I'm yep. going to tell it it can be here. I'm not yep. going to fight it. I'm going to listen to it." And you're like, "What the hell? What do you mean let the anxiety happen?" I know. You have to accept it and it freaking sucks, you but know. it's the truth and it's part of this is just what we're struggling with right now but it's not going to be like this forever we literally need to become best friends with our panic and that freaking sucks sometimes but it's trying to keep us safe and once I started to understand that things started to get a little bit better and a little bit better but you can't live with yourself as the enemy Mm
1: -hmm. and I think
0: that that's part of the problem is that we think at one point that panic is the worst thing that could ever happen to us that panic is what makes us unlovable what makes us less of a person what takes our life away and in reality it's something that we have to accept to transform it Mm -hmm. and i think just like even that process of recovery it's so needed but it's kind of painful
1: it is no no it it absolutely is and and the fact that you know i again like because I've been dealing with this for so many years. Mm-hmm. For so many years, I thought that I had to resist it. I thought mm-hmm. that I had to avoid it. And I thought that it wasn't supposed to happen. You know, but now that I'm learning that, like, wait, you know, panic was never the enemy. You know, it was just mm-hmm. there to protect you. And it was just kind of learning how to just remind it like, oh, no, everything's okay. You could be here, but I'm yeah. fine. I'm like, well, if I would have known that when I was 17, (laughs) I probably would have been recovered. But again, they didn't have like all of that, like those resources to help me and to just help other people. And so now I'm 31 and I'm learning, I'm, I'm, I'm just learning that. I think I I learned this like a year ago, you know? And, um, that's where I'm at, you know, that's where I'm at now. And, um, so the the therapist that I'm going to be working with, um, Paige. So we're going to be doing introceptive exposure therapy. And basically what introceptive exposure therapy is, is, um, exposing you to the symptoms of panic. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like we're not necessarily afraid of like the panic attack itself, but we're afraid of the symptoms that come with it. Right. Mm-hmm. So like the racing heart for me, it's like racing heart, na- nausea, the sweating, um,
0: Oh, the sweating! <laughs> the
1: yeah. leg, feeling like like I'm gonna pass out. Feeling mm-hmm. like oh, like I'm just gonna go crazy. Like D P D R for
0: me too is like DPDR,
1: a tough one. Yeah, oh my god! And sometimes D P D R just be like hitting you out of nowhere. Like oh like, yeah,
0: like, <laughs> that was like a break. That would hit you. Like, <laughs> you're like wait what <laughs> like, what's yeah I yeah it's funny though because I remember once I started like changing a little bit my relationship with DPDR I remember the first time it came and I was like oh I was like here you are again I was yeah like, oh, cool <laughs> I'll come back to reality soon like I had yeah. to tell myself that and just be like all right you know I'm gonna let go but ah, uh, yeah like you said it kind of just
1: <laughs> yep it just like the way it just comes it like comes like like a wave and I'm just um so those are like the feelings. And so basically what, you know, what I'm going to be working on is just um, getting used to those symptoms. Mm-hmm. So working on each symptom like separately and kind mm-hmm. of expose yourself to each symptom. Um, cool. and Which, you know, it would just be like, again, an extra tool when going out on your recovery and uh, on your exposure um, to just like, you know, feeling the symptoms and not being so afraid of it. Cause that's, that's my problem. My problem mm-hmm you know, is because that's the thing, everyone's problem is different. Like some people yeah. can be afraid to to drive because they're mm-hmm. afraid that they're going to get into a car accident or afraid that they're going to have DPDR and they're going to lose control. Right. Yeah. But, you know, for me, it's it's more like the symptoms, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that once I'm able to kind of like understand the symptoms and like really feel them and kind of like stop being so afraid of them, I think that's literally like the key the key to recovery. It is. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, it definitely is. And I think it's a key for a lot of us because when we resist the actual symptom, that's what triggers the rest of the response. So yeah. if we start to take the power away from that first symptom, that's really where it starts. And I notice that times when I, have a harder time, it's because I stopped the first symptom. It's because I resisted feeling weird. It's because I started to feel tense and I made it worse. And I like tensed up more. more. Yeah, Yeah, you tense up more. So definitely that first wave of symptoms, it's all about changing the story with it. Yeah. And that's what Doing the exposure therapy really is—it's getting comfortable with the discomfort, telling discomfort that you love it, that you want to feel it, and and it—it's just a like such a like juxtaposition all the time because you want to accept something that you're so afraid of, right? But you have to like meet in the middle and say, "But I'm gonna live my life anyway," right? You know, and it's a process. But I'm really excited for you to start with this new therapist. (laughs) It sounds like she knows what she's doing, especially yeah. Yeah
1: great so um her patients. i might was, need her contact <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i might need to add, add myself as a client <laughs> yeah no so her patients are mainly um well her specialty is panic disorder and agoraphobia mm-hmm. i've actually never worked with a therapist that's she's what i'm specialty. saying i think i'm gonna hit a page too It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing and so the way i actually met Paige, it was so weird like because mm-hmm. she's actually in i believe she's in chicago but oh it, is it, she oh yeah it matter. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird the way it mm-hmm. happened so you know I'm a frequent um reddit user and I'm always posting on the agoraphobia and the panic disorder and I'm always asking oh cool questions. Uh-huh. And I'm always just like posting things I'm just like oh a... <laughs> <laughs> and um I think I had asked a question about um exposure and mm-hmm. I think it was using benzos and stuff like that and um She responded to my post, and she's Mm -hmm. like, "Hey, licensed therapist here. I just want to say." And then she like wrote this long thing, and I was just like,
0: "Oh." Oh,
1: When I had checked her out, and you know, she was like, you know, she makes YouTube videos, and like, you know, she's like a therapist, and literally her specialty is panic disorder and agoraphobia. And I was like, "Wow." I'm like, "Where were you when I was (laughs) dealing with this?" Yeah. (laughs) So um, so that happened, and then um, I would say like. Four or five days later, I go on TikTok and I'm like scrolling through TikTok and I came across this like one video of this guy talking about like exposure therapy and I was Mm -hmm. like, oh! But then he mentioned introceptive exposure therapy and I'm like, what's Mm. that? So of course I go on Google and I'm like introceptive exposure therapy and her video pops up and I was just of the same you know of page who had literally just responded to my post um like like four days ago on Reddit (laughs) and I'm like whoa what's going on here like how is that even possible so i contacted her i'm like look i was sent to you twice i think that this wow. is like,
0: hell yeah it's a message working. yeah <laughs> <is> a message <laughs> you're like Paige. Like, you whatever. are meant to help my panic <laughs>
1: yes exactly i was like you know what page um i think it's time for us to work and she's like um she's amazing she's absolutely amazing and at the time she wasn't ex- um she wasn't yeah, clients accepting new clients she Mm. was probably like full and um so she put me on the waiting list and I waited a whole year and literally last week was my first session with her and I am so happy because when you're like sitting there like talking to like a therapist and they know exactly like everything like she I didn't even have to like explain what my panic disorder was or like you know how I feel it's just like I just tell her like yeah Mm -hmm. you know this is it and she's just like yeah mm -hmm." and she understands what I'm But back when I was 17 and I was trying to tell them how I felt, they were looking at me like I had two heads. Like, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we don't know what's wrong with you. Like, we do not know what's wrong with you. And I'm like, what? That makes me feel worse.
0: Yeah, that's why it's so freaking life-changing when you finally find the people that really understand and get it, where you don't have to make yourself literally look like, A crazy person and I hate that word like because there's no one's crazy but you get what I'm trying to say that it's like you literally have to tell people like I just feel this way and I feel this way and there's no reason but then this feels so bad and and sometimes you don't even have the words for it because it just feels so like not normal mm-hmm. and people want to look at you and think but well, what do you mean and they don't get it so yeah when you finally find that person especially oh that's a therapist that can actually help you that right. gets it well, that is life-changing
1: it, is, it, it mm-hmm. is life-changing and i think that um you know i remember uh, just before when you were saying um trying to explain to people how you feel imagine being like 17 years old and mm-hmm. trying to explain to my dominican mom who barely oh, speaks yes. english and trying to explain to my mom the DPDR that I was having, she was just like, "What? Like what?" <sighs> yeah. And I think I think that was like probably the hardest part was my mom mm. not being able to understand because I can yeah. see like she wanted to help me, like she wanted to understand, and she wanted mm-hmm. to be there for me, but like she just she just they, had no idea what I was talking about. They couldn't. Yeah,
0: I think within. Like especially, like I know yours and I experiences, we can connect in that sense because you know I'm also Latina, I'm Colombian, and you know a lot of times in Latino families, it's believed that like anything with mental health is just that you have to pray more, they have to believe in God more, and that's usually the response because mental health isn't seen as a real thing. so when you try to explain to your parents that you have a panic attack, they don't understand, they think, well, oh well, you're gonna be fine, like just be okay with it, and no it's gonna it, it's gonna go away and they don't seem to fully grasp it. And it took me a long time to get my parents to the point to where they kind of understood. But I also had to let go of the idea of that. Maybe they won't ever fully understand, you know, because that's in and of itself of trying to make everyone understand. We start to get like waste our own energy because we want our loved ones to understand that's normal. That's natural. But sometimes if you've never experienced this reality, it's really hard to explain you know mm-hmm. and sometimes your loved ones like they love you they want to be there for you but they can only understand up to a certain degree you know mm-hmm. so i definitely resonate with that whole um, parents thing because yeah they wanted to help me too but i didn't know how to help myself i think that was the problem right. we don't know how to help ourselves at some point so how can we explain to you how you can help me <laughs> you know? exactly. i'm like i don't know you told me how can
1: i help myself <laughs> You know, <laughs> like, I think mm-hmm. I remember one time my mom. Um, she brought like this lady to pray, and um, mm. and I, I was, you know, it was me and it was my cousins and uh, my brother, and we were like holding hands in the circle. And this lady was like doing like this hardcore prayer, you know, um, to bless me, thinking that maybe like that was what I needed. Um, and I was like, I appreciate it. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm so agoraphobic. So um.
0: yeah, yeah. And, and here's the thing, the thoughts and the prayers, of course, they help anyone and everyone, right? Like, it's good energy, regardless, it's good energy, good energy will give life and love to anyone. And that helps. But yeah, it doesn't change your agoraphobic, it doesn't change that we have panic attacks, it doesn't change that our symptoms come up and that they're hard to live with, you know, so that's why it's so important to Advocate for what we need, because sometimes we need a specialized therapist, someone like Paige, or we need people um, to mentor us like Glenn and like Peter and stuff like that, that have gone through this journey and been recovering. So we need to learn from the people that are actually doing it because they know how debilitating it is at the darkest parts. Yes. You know, so that's why it's so important to reach out and that's where social media can be a blessing yes. right it yes. can be a curse but it can also mm-hmm. be a blessing
1: for mm-hmm. sure that's again that's that that was where I learned that we weren't supposed to fight the anxiety that we were supposed to actually just let it be there and mm-hmm. accept it and I'm just like really I learned this on social media and like not from like you know like doctors here or like you know therapists or like you know what I mean like trained yeah. professionals or, like what what's going on here you know and so um I'm really happy I'm really happy now because although it it did take um a long time for me to find the help that I actually needed but I am proud of myself for like not giving up
0: We've done it before and we will do it again, but it's just baby steps, exposure, 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 you know, kind of working on it little by little and changing the relationship to those reactions, you know, and using coping skills that'll help us too. like that. There's no shame in you using coping skills for me for a while. When I was starting my exposures, I, I was scared to like show myself that I needed help. If that makes sense, you know, so I also had to remove that thought from my mind and say, you know, you know what, if holding an ice pack to my chest makes me feel better walking in the middle of a store, then I'm going to do it. And I don't care what anyone has to say to me, because I am here at the store. And I am not losing hope in myself, and I am progressing forward, and I am in a grocery store. So if I have to hold a block of ice, I will hold a block of ice. There was one time where I was at the store again after, like, you know, being housebound. I literally put my hand, like, into the frozen, like, section and just, like, kind of stood there for a second because I needed that, like, physical kind of, like, you know, sensation of, like, something cold. And I was like, you know, I don't care who looks at me. I need to do this for myself. (laughs) I'm like, hey, I'm at the store. You know what? So... We got to do what we got to do. And I think that that is something that I want to share with anyone listening to. Use your coping skills if you need them, right? Yeah. But there will be a point to where you won't even need them and that day will come. But we just have to keep on like, just little right. by little, you know, little by little.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that, that's one thing for sure. It's, it's putting yourself out there. It's, you know, um, uh, learning also. I think like a lot of, there's people who are, probably agoraphobic and they don't even know it you know and I feel bad because I feel Mm -hmm. like just thinking that other people can go through something like this um it makes me sad because I I really it's like I'm like I wish I could help like everyone who has it but I'm like still trying to help myself and so I'm glad (laughs) that podcasts like this and you know and resources and you know and other mentorships exist and I really do hope that you know everyone can get the help that they need and kind of know like it's possible to recover Um, it's just, unfortunately, you know, there was just a lot of wrong information, um, that was given to before. And Mm -hmm. now it's like something that's, you know, it's more talked about, which is like, great. I Wish it was like that when I was 17, but it wasn't, I'm telling you, no one spoke about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and I didn't even learn the term agoraphobia until probably like three or four years after, you Mm -hmm. know, I had developed it, which was really sad. Um, but I think that, um. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's very possible to recover. And, um, you know, and I do hope that like our podcast um, the, of us talking just so it can like reach someone who can know that they're not alone.
0: Yeah, no, I know it will. And I know they're listening to it right now, for sure, <laughs> when they're listening to it. And we can give them a little bit of a message right now. <clears throat> You know, I've experienced being fully housebound. I know what it feels like to be fully stripped of your life and everything you thought you knew of it. I know what it feels like to feel like you had all the potential in the world and all of a sudden it's gone because you have this thing that no one understands. It's an invisible disability. You feel debilitated. You feel like everything is lost and you're alone. But at that end of that rock bottom, I promise you there is a light and you have to hang on to it. And make the steps forward because recovery is possible. And Denise and I are proving it little by little. We're getting the help that we need. We're getting the resources that are possible. And we're moving forward. And you can do it too. So know that if you're listening and you're struggling with agoraphobia, that recovery will be possible. But put yourself out there, quite literally. Yeah. literally. (laughs) Literally put yourself out there and baby steps little by little. I started my recovery process with going on walks to the corner of my street every day until I could walk a little bit more walk a little bit more walk a little bit more and at one point maybe like a month into walking every single day by myself little by little I would be like okay you know what today I'm gonna walk to that side now today I'm gonna go and touch that tree I literally did that for months and I had to accept that that was my reality for me to get further and further and further and mm-hmm. now if I want to I can go on like a 30-minute walk by myself Amazing. I can go on a 40 minute walk by myself if I wanted to, you know, that. that's, that's a big one, <laughs> but amazing. I could, it could, but it was because I didn't give up when I could only walk to the mailbox. And I had to let go of the idea that, oh my gosh, like how miserable that I can only walk to the mailbox. Right. I had to let go of that judgment I had within myself. So today, forgive yourself for not knowing better, forgive yourself for being housebound, forgive yourself for struggling with it, love yourself and go for a little walk. That's my yeah. advice for anyone listening. Of Just course. start somewhere, you know? So Denise, do you have any words for anyone listening that is struggling right now and that maybe is housebound too?
1: Yeah, no, I would say that you are not alone um, and that, you know, it can get better and it will get better. And um, don't lose hope because uh, that is one thing, um, especially in my recovery journey that i um, that i think i, I still had that I'm, gr- I'm grateful for having is that although like i kept having setbacks over and over and over again and not understanding and not being able to do the things that i wanted i was still able to hold to grasp that little bit of hope that i had left mm-hmm. and i just never let go of it like i never like i just held on to it for my dear life and yeah. You know, because of that, I've been meeting a lot of amazing people like yourself and and Paige and Glenn Mm -hmm. and Peter from Anxiety Fitness. Like I'm 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 and I'm now finally understanding like there is light at the end of the tunnel, you know, Mm -hmm. the help was always there, you know, and it's it's now just finding it and 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 now doing it, you know. And so um, if you're dealing with this, you're not alone and um, you will get the help you need.
0: Yeah, you will. You will. One hundred percent. I will also tag um, these other people, like in the description, so y'all could follow them, like Peter, Glenn, and Anxiety. Um, wait, what is um, the the Anxious Truth? Is that the handle? Me? Yeah. yeah okay, okay. The Anxious and Truth.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna. It was someone I just. Oh started yeah.
0: yeah I have his books yeah I will link them in the in this description of this podcast just so that y'all could see all these other creators that are also sharing the true steps of recovery and what life is like and have a lot of actual real resources on how to help so just know that help is out there but you also have to look for it and you will find it and that's why you came across this podcast so (laughs) also that's that's why you found it so I do want to mention um
1: bye bye panic Mm by shot um, yeah, he's also great. He's also, I also great. yeah. <laughs> I was he like, I also see amazing. his content. So I, I, he was also someone who's definitely been helping me as well. And his, um, and his modules and his program, he's mm-hmm. also absolutely amazing. Like, it's great. Cause there's like so many people now who are helping with this mm-hmm. condition. It's just like, it makes me so happy to see, because I'm like, you know, people who were, who are dealing with this who were like me and they didn't know what to do it's like now like you have the resources yeah and um you know yes it's unfortunate that when i was 17 and i had dealt with this condition there weren't any resources for me but you know it's fine like i'm still holding on and i'm i'm now getting the help that i need to exactly
0: yeah and honestly by you sharing your story there could be someone who's 15 14 13 that might be struggling with this and is going to listen to this and you're helping that version of yourself you know like that's what you're doing by also sharing your voice so (laughs) just know that you know I'm so grateful for you being on the podcast and sharing a little bit about your recovery journey and your experience and thank you so much and that's why it's so important to remember that we're stronger together you know, uh-huh. using our voice and advocating for our stories is so important because just like all those other creators we talked about like have helped us that's why we're truly stronger together because look at how much they've helped you they have helped me so much too to know mm-hmm. that I'm not alone because when I was struggling at the darkest part I was like there is no way anyone else like like there is I know they're there I know that there's other people who have this but where are they right so yeah. I also had to look for them you know? yeah. so yeah we're here we're here and we're recovering and we're also rooting for you and we're sending you so much healing so much love and so much positive vibes and you're gonna get through this and denise thank you so much for being here i want people to know where to find you and support you can you share your social media handles so that people can follow you
1: yes of course um denise mercedes um you can find me there i share a lot about fashion and you know embracing your body and just loving yourself the way you are (laughs)
0: love it yes please go follow denise please 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 well thank you everyone for being here and for listening to this soul talks until next time having these conversations proves that we are truly stronger together we are not alone on this journey and i know that sometimes it can be tough but that is why we need to open the door and have these soul talks thank you so much for being here until next time